You are now listening to the Black Girl Nerds Podcast. Welcome to this special edition of the Handmaid's Tale podcast. My name's Angelica, and joining me is my co-host, Ryan. Say hey, Ryan. Hey. All right, so this week we are discussing episode five of the Handmaid's Tale titled Unknown Caller. And I don't know about you, but I don't answer those. (laughs) Oh, yeah, yeah, you don't answer those. You do not answer the unknown caller. Don't do it. You don't do it. If I don't know who you are, I ain't picking up the line. But... Yeah, no caller will call you back 10 mm-hmm. more times. 10 more times. <laughs> but thankfully, Luke picked up this call. He got a chance to talk to June, who he hasn't seen or spoken to in years. So we'll get more into the actual phone call later on in this podcast episode, but we're going to break it down for you. So let's get started. So, Ryan, what were your thoughts on this episode? Um, Really, this is a very interesting episode. Um, this okay. We both had our favorite episodes so mm-hmm. far. Yeah. So I'm gonna go favorite scene. So this had my one of my favorite scenes with June in it. Okay. And you could probably guess. Like I won't get into it because I'm not gonna break it out. You probably guess what it is. I want to. But say, so this had. I want to say she's giving face. At, at, at okay, yeah, it's definitely face. It's definitely face in the scene. So you know. You got okay. you and the listeners might be able to figure it out what it is. Um. Also, I can't rock with Serena anymore. No, you guys no. also probably know, but see, I'm in. I'm a, see. I know we're gonna have a battle on this because I know how you feel about her. But I was like, I don't know if I can do it. I don't know if I can do it. I don't rock with her either. Because, but like I said, I've always said she's a complicated character. So one day you're like, oh, I kind of like her, and the next day you're like, f that, you know, f that alpha. can't stand her. So you know, like I just go with the one when it comes to Serena. Sometimes she's good, sometimes she's not. So uh, I don't know. This one got me though, Angelica, but I'll let you get into it though. All right. We ain't going to fight about this one. Yeah. I like, I like this episode. <laughs> I like this episode. You know, we talked about the book and how, um, you know, the series basically covered the first, the first book, well, the only book at this point. So that was season one. And then they've expanded on the universe from there. But I do like how this episode had a book reference. Um, so that was like a nice little Easter egg for me and we'll touch on that later but that was what I enjoyed about the episode um first of all Luke is a real one what yeah he is Luke is a real one he don't hold back no punches he says what's on his mind and he will let you know I'm not happy with you so I was rocking with Luke on this episode he held he was the the MVP for me um oh yeah definitely (laughs) so yeah um I enjoyed the episode uh I've you know Serena just ugh, right now we even got a little <laughs> glimpse of um of Matthew kind of you know how we talked about last episode how she might have might have saw like a little chink in her armor like yeah may, I think her armor is coming down more 
Um, so thank God, I can't yeah. wait. I want the whole armor to come down because she does. She still had the moments where I was like, "Oh God, yeah, she, she talking about." Yeah, she still talked that mess, but um, we'll see. You know, this episode, <laughs> she she kind of is more vulnerable, which I like to see because nobody wants to see a sister acting like this. Right, especially in this society. I'm like, come on now. I know you don't went through this. Come on, come on and share it. Like three, what's she on? Like three or four kids now? I know she don't went through some things. Yeah, she went through some things. So yeah, this this episode kind of shed a little light on some things. Um, but we're definitely going to give you guys the play by play. So first off, like every episode ever on this series, we start off with a June voiceover. So June is praying. Um, and she is replaying in her mind the video that she saw of Luke holding Nicole. She's praying. She's thankful for her her child's safety. You know, now she has official confirmation that her child is in the right hands. Um, and she said it's a miracle. And then she takes it back. She's like, no, no, no. A miracle is beyond humans' power. I made this happen. Um, and then she kind of speaks on, she kind of flashes back. She speaks on how much she misses Luke, um, you know, how she wish, you know, she, he could touch her right now. And she does have an interesting line. Um, she says, nobody dies from lack of sex. They die from lack of love. Yeah, I thought that, yeah, I really like that line. Because right? you don't think about that all the time. Yeah, because when, when she was first having that, by the way, I like how they had the little um dream-like kind of situation mm-hmm. happening like the way the camera and everything was looking a little because i was like where are they going with this like what's happening right now she at? um yeah, yeah. I was like, what's going on yeah and they have like i like when they do that um that type of cinematography where it's just like or that that type of technique where it's just the person standing there and then everybody around them is going in like fast forward so it's like a blur around her i like that like the 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 um the Mr. Krabs type. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because I almost clicked on the wrong episode. I was like, wait a minute, did I miss like an episode or something? I was like, she trapped somewhere. Right, but yeah, so yeah, she was in Fish and Loaves essentially daydreaming. And, you know, you see the handmaids, they all kind of approach her and they're like, you know, blessed day. Um, So you would think this is something that they would resent about her child escaping, but it's kind of a win for all of them. This is essentially a handmaid's dream to have their child out and free right um so everyone's like plus a day you know basically saying congratulations to her and of course here come up matthew uh, <laughs> so at this point she's in fish and little she starts walking out with her walking partner um and of matthew's just like you know i hope that he returns nicole your husband i know you would never marry a man that would kidnap a child and june's had enough she's like you know what bite me and she just like walks away. <laughs> and then Matthew's sitting there like, uh, <laughs> like she don't even know what yeah, to like, do. Yeah, like, I don't know what I'm supposed to say next or... <laughs> Yeah, Ju was just like, that was another one of those funny moments where she's just like done. She's like, I ain't even got nothing else to tell you. I don't know what you want me to say. Bite me. Yeah. So uh <laughs> one point for June. Um, so she goes yeah, <laughs> so she goes back home. And like I said, June stay lurking. She's always in the doorway trying to see what's up. She stay ear hustling. So she actually kind of observes Joseph and Mrs. Lawrence. I'm kind of having a quiet moment together. He kind of says like, hey, did you do something different with your hair? And she's like, yeah, I did something different. He's like, I like it. It's kind of like, you know, the way you used to wear it. Um, so she, they kind of have this quiet little moment. Um, I was like, oh, that's cute. But you need to stop being so nosy. 
So, (laughs) (laughs) right. I'm always afraid she's going to get caught in the moments. Well, I'm I'm sure they know she knows you. So, um, Mrs. (laughs) (laughs) Mrs. Lauren sees her and she says, you know, good morning, dear. And, um, she leaves and then June approaches, uh, Joseph and he didn't, he's just, he doesn't even have time for her. He's just like, the answer is no. She's like, what? Yeah. I was like, (laughs) okay. All right. That's the end of that scene. He's like, because I know you want something. The answer is no. So she's like, look, I just want to know if my husband is safe. And of course, you know, Joseph with with the wonderful sarcasm, he was like, I don't know. Does he take it? You know, does he watch his health? Does he wear his seatbelt? You know, (laughs) yeah, he's safe. I was like, come on now, Lawrence. You know, that's not what she's talking about. She's talking about. So he tells her, you know what? Like, honestly, none of us are safe. You know, that's the only answer I can give Which is true. That's true. Yeah. I got to give him that one. That is true. The Black Girl Nerds Podcast will return in just a moment. Support for this show is brought to you by the new Audible original, Stan Lee's Alliances, A Trick of Light. In one of Lee's final and most innovative works, the legend invites audiences to unleash the power of their own imagination, to bring a new universe and cast of superheroes to life. Performed by Yara Shahidi, one of today's brightest talents, and featuring a captivating introduction by Lee himself. This new superhero's origin story takes on an ever-blurring line between humanity and technology, while agitating the central question of our day. What is more real, a world we are born into or one we create ourselves? Both epic and intimate, fascinating and funny, this is essential Stan Lee. Listen free with a 30-day trial just go to audible.com slash nerds or text nerds to 500-500. Again, that's audible.com slash nerds or you can text nerds to 500-500. Stan Lee's Alliances, A Trick of Light, The Power to Change, Changes Everything. Fair point, fair point. Um, but we kind of talked about it on our last podcast episode. Um, the fact that Luke has Nicole does make him a target. Like, is he really as safe as he believes he is in Canada? You know, so um, I I understand June's concern. You know, they, they found him. They know who he is. They know everything about him. Who's to say they don't, you know, assassinate him or something like that. So I, I understand. Her right. Um, so then we cut to headquarters in so at this point the commanders their headquarters it's it's somewhere in boston or um the suburban boston somewhere massachusetts um so they're at headquarters um and rita and serena are basically outside of i guess the command room and rita's saying how it's such a blessing that you know serena got to see nicole and that she knows she's safe and serena you know she kind of spits back like yeah she's with a stranger and rita goes a stranger to you and Serena's like, yeah, a stranger to me. <laughs> like, Rita's looking at, you know, things on the bright side. Like, she's safe. She's with someone that June trusts. Like, stop tripping. And, you know, at this point, after seeing Nicole, Serena wants her back to some degree. She wants her back. Um, and she doesn't say it outwardly, but it's something changed in her. You know, she was, she was also happy to give Nicole away and make sure she's in the safe place. But now she's having second thoughts. Um, so Serena's brought before the commanders because according to Fred, she has a say in this and the commanders have apparently petitioned for the return of Nicole. 
which is easier said than done because there's no extradition treaty between Canada and Gilead. Um, and Serena wants to know more about Luke, you know, who is taking care of Nicole. And she learns, you know, Luke works in construction part time. Um, she wants to know if he's a man of faith. Uh, and they're just like, no. Um, but he baptized. Yeah. yeah by the way, I feel like that whole meeting. Yeah. And I felt like that whole meeting was a setup, by the way, because I was like, yeah, right. Like she actually included in something. They had all them documents already. Mm-hmm. I think you know, like something they was willing to share. Yeah. Right. right. And so we also learned um, some things about Nicole. You know, she's up to date on her vaccinations, which is surprising to me because for a minute, I would think Gilead's are, you know, Gilead people are like anti vax that was just my assumption, but apparently they're pro Yeah, that's actually a good point, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was like, okay. <laughs> they want their kids to be up on their shots. So, I mean, I guess they're trying to avoid more epidemics. Like, they already have this fertility epidemic. Why add measles to it? Um, <laughs> right, yeah. So, um, she's- yeah, you know, at least they look, you know, health conscious. I mean, they ain't seen like it before, but I guess it's there. Yeah, they're with it. Um, so, we learned about, you know, her height, she's or her length, I should say, when you're a baby, they go by length. Um, and her weight, so she's in the 55 percentile, and she also has a, a tooth. So it's like, oh, like this in a normal scenario, you know, talking to your daughter's doctor, learning about, oh, well, she's in the 55th percentile and she's grown the tooth. And, you know, that is a great experience of being a first parent, you know, a parent for the first time. But the fact that they're getting a briefing on their quote unquote child in the command room of a totalitarian society it just kind of <laughs> twists. Yeah, it just takes all of that away. Like, it's so, it's such a business transaction. Like, all of it's, that's just like all gone. Yeah, so I thought that was interesting because, you know, I've been there. It's like, oh, my daughter, you know, she was, my kid is, um, so she's six years old. She weighs over 40 pounds finally because she was, she had a very low um, (laughs) body fat and she's four feet. So that's tall for for a six year old. Actually, she was four feet when she was five. So she's, you know, in like the 90th percentile and up. Um, so I've, all, I've been there, you know, she got her first tube. So I've experienced all those things just in a completely different setting. Um, <laughs> yeah, so that setting to you was like, what are they doing right now? Yeah, definitely. Um, so, you know, this is when Serena tells Brad that she kind of regrets her decision to send Nicole away. Because at first Brad's like, isn't this what you wanted? Our daughter is safe. And, she, you know, she's like, you know, I just want to be with her. I just want this all to be over. Um, so at that point, we really don't know what she means by over. Um, but at that point, it was to say goodbye. Um, so that that leads them to their next point, next phase of their plan. Um, so the Waterfords actually seeking help from June. So they show up at the Lawrence's home, um, and they have a proposition for her. They want her to call Luke, um, and they'll ass- they basically assure him like, "Hey, call your husband; he'll be safe." June's like, "Hell no, I'm not doing it. Right. No, absolutely not. I'm not calling him." So Serena's like, you know, let me talk to you, um, you know, privately. So they speak privately and Serena just begs her like, look, I know that I can't be with her, but I want to be something to her. Just please do this one thing for me. I'm begging you. And June finally relents because um, she does have a heart for Serena. She knows Nicole's everything she's ever wanted. Um, so the least, almost in a way, the least she could do was at least allow her to say goodbye. So June agrees. But in return, Serena owes her. And, you know... That's the only thing I liked about this whole scene right there. That's the only thing I like was the fact that she has an owe coming to yeah. her. Because you know she's probably going to yeah. need it. And, like, I hate... You know what? I hate making deals with people when they're like, well, you just owe me. Like, no, tell me what you want. Because every... 
Yeah, she she kind of stepped in that one because I was like, dang, you really gonna let her get away with? You just owe me? Like, you don't know what it is. You don't know when it's going to exactly. happen. Exactly. I hate that. I see, I'm somebody, I don't have, like, anxiety per se, but I hate the unknown. So someone's like, well, you just owe me. I'm like, but what? But when? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, how much is going to cost me? <laughs> so, yeah. Um. So at this point, Serena owes her something. Um. So, you know, June is in a room in a parlor, study, whatever you call it, with Joseph looking on. And then there's the Waterfords. She's given two minutes to call Luke. Um, so Luke is in a convenience store. He's buying stuff. Um, so he gets an unknown call. And like many of us, when you get a call from an unknown caller, you hang up. You decline it. You don't answer it. I'm yep. not answering that. Um, but then, you know, she calls again. So he picks up the phone like, hello, what's up? And June's like, hi, it's me. It's June. And Luke, just think about where he is. He is in a different country. He had to escape this regime, but his wife and his child are back in Canada, or I'm sorry, back in Gilead. He hasn't seen or spoken to June in years. So this is an emotional moment for him. But June can't afford to be emotional. So Luke is like, are you okay? Where's Hannah? Are you good? Have, did they hurt you? And of course, she's in the presence of these commanders and of Serena. And she only has two minutes. So she she has to be calm. So she, you know, she's calm. She's like, look, Luke, I love you. Listen to me. I'm safe. She basically tells him, like, I can't talk to you about anything else. I need you to tell, I need you to listen to me. So she tells him, um, I need you to go to Toronto airport tomorrow with Nicole. I need you to meet the Waterfords. And he's like, no, I'm not doing it. No, absolutely not. She's like, I just need you to do this for me. Um, so he's still emotional. He's still crying. You can see she's just trying to hold it together. She's trying to stay calm. So she tells him basically um, what he needs to do. And Luke agrees, but on, only under one condition. He will agree to meet the Waterfords, but just Serena. He, you know, he, he does not like Fred, this man. Yeah, I like the way he bargained that. Yeah, I thought that was pretty nice. I was like, I like the way he bargained. He could hit that bargaining uh, chip yeah, real quick. Yeah, this man violated his wife. He don't want to see him. He don't want, nah. Like, the next time he sees him, it's on site. So he was just like, not right, him, right. I will see her. Um, And she's fighting back tears. She tells him she loves him, and, and the phone call is hung up. Um, and then, you know, Joseph kind of has a kind moment, you know, even though he's kind of a monster, he's a nice monster and he hands June a handkerchief and she's like, no. And she kind of swallows her tears. She gets up and she asks to be excused. Um, and she doesn't even break down in her room. Like she's trying to maintain her strength here. And so back in Canada, uh, Luke obviously has told Moira what's going on. And she asked her like, you know, how does she sound? Um, and Luke says, like June <laughs> she sounded like June um so I really thought he was gonna start crying like really crying again mm-hmm. in this moment yeah I thought he was gonna break down too but he kind of I think he's kind of in in shock like I talked to my wife yeah oh by the way the call was, my, was, favorite favorite scene. Scene? was okay, my favorite scene okay so she was giving face I, th- I thought you were talking about her last scene in this episode but yes she she held it together um and like you said Elizabeth yeah, because you could feel everything. I feel like you could feel everything she was feeling without her with her saying just like a little bit worse because she yeah, had two minutes. Like you, you know, like she you could feel the panic, you could feel the anger. 
you know, her missing, like, you yeah. feel all of it just by, like, the close-ups they were giving just you on her. Wanting to actually say everything she wanted to say to him, like, I love you, I miss you, couldn't say any of that, just had to keep it keep it cute, essentially, keep it short. <laughs> yeah, keep it cute, yeah, yeah, she had to keep um, it yeah, cute. So, Miss was born, checks in on June later on, um, and she, she kind of sympathizes with her, she's like, I know that must have been very painful for you, and June just kind of says, yeah, it didn't go like I imagined it would. Um, and Miss Florence kind of gives her some good advice. She says, you know, all that matters is that your love came through and sometimes words fail us. And then she kind of gives her some insider information. She tells her that back in the day, Joseph used to procure cassette tapes for her. So he used to basically make her mixtapes, get, you know, get, give her tapes. And he talked to her through music. And those tapes are actually still in the basement. Um, so June asked her, like, so cute. I just want to <laughs> so say, cute. so cute. I know we've all been there with a boy, you know, gave you a mixtape and you played it in your room. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, that is the yeah, cutest thing like, ever. Oh, he's, he's kind of a softie. And, you know, June asked her, asked her, you know, do you miss it? You miss the music? You miss the tapes? And Mrs. Lawrence tells her, like, I miss the man that he used to be. Um, And she tells her, like, I think there's still a small part of him in there somewhere. Um, You know, he helped me, he helped Emily. And it's okay to hold on to that small part of him because that may be all that you have left. Um, and they kind of bond. And then she's basically given permission to go into the basement and listen to the tapes. So she kind of listens to some music. So yeah, kind of unwinds, relax, does something normal for once. Um, so I, I did enjoy that scene. Yeah, I like the music. I like the music actually, period, of the like, maybe this season. I'm trying to think how much they snuck in last season. Actually, no, okay. I'm going to go whole yeah. series because I think they did sneak in a lot of music. Because, you know, I'm always looking for those light moments, and I think that's what the music yeah, yeah. gives for this, yeah, for this, this show. Yeah, this show does a great job of incorporating music in the episodes um, to reflect the scene or to kind of evoke a mood, um, and this was a mood. <laughs> oh, yeah, definitely um, yeah. a mood. So we actually go to Toronto, or basically uh, the Waterfords are Toronto bound, or the Waterford. Um, so, Friday, no out. So Serena prepares for her trip. Um, she packed some things for Nicole, um, including a, a pendant necklace. And um, Rita comes in, you know, she's like, hey, here's your breakfast. And she's like, I'm, I'm so full from dinner. So clearly Serena's very n- nervous about this meeting. Um, and, you know, Rita's there to kind of comfort her. And she tells her, like, the pendant is beautiful. And she even asks, you know, Serena to kiss Nicole for her, uh, which I thought was cute. And then... She tells her she has a package. It's a small package. We don't know what it is at the time. And she kind of slips it to Serena. And when she does that, um, Fred walks in. So Serena, you know, possibly she's kind of under the impression that maybe this is the favor that June is calling in. So when Fred walks in, she kind of sneaks it into her wallet. And um, they basically head over to the airport. Um, so Fred is not allowed to go. He's not allowed to pull up. So he sends a bodyguard instead to watch over Serena. Um, and they get on the plane. When they arrive, they are greeted by an American diplomat. His name is Tuello, played by Sam Jagger. And you might remember him from uh, last season. Um, when Serena went to Toronto with Fred last season, um, she was at the hotel bar. And she met this, like, handsome American diplomat who kind of told her, like, hey, you don't have to be here. Like, you could be a voice 
Yeah, and how many times is she gonna walk away from this guy? I just want to put that out there. I'm like, she. This is the second time. I'm like, how many times she better walk away from this guy? I'm like, girl, is it really that that popping in Gilead? I'm just saying. She's put it, but he signs, so I'd be like, yeah. I'm just saying, like, what's she looking at? Like, this is the second time. Like, what's she looking? I'm just come on now, Fred. Yeah, Yeah, I'm just saying. Yeah, I think he might have promised her like a that they would be like run away to an island or something like that or a beach, right? Yeah, I'm like, girl, what is you doing? Like, I'm confused. I'm just confused. That's back to when June didn't get in the car, Angelica. I'm just going to bring it back. I mean, this man is promising you a grave on promise the Sunday. Like, a life on the beach. Take it. Yeah, it's just like, see what happens when you, you know, you, we all know what happens when you don't take a life on the beach. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I'm just so, saying. <laughs> she's greeted by Swallow. Um, the bodyguard tries to come along. She's like, no, he has it from here. And Swallow asks her to change. So it's not often that we kind of, aside from flashbacks, we've never actually seen Serena in modern day clothing and normal clothes. So she's asked to change to kind of blend in um, at the airport. I think it would kind of cause a sensation to see a wife of Gilead in her blues at the Toronto airport visiting a baby. Like it just, yeah, yeah, probably not the best, the best thing. thing. Yeah. Um. So Serena is, you know, let her hair down. Literally, she's in normal civilian clothes. She walks to um inside the airport terminal and she sees Luke holding Nicole. And I just I just love seeing men with babies. I just love seeing Luke love on Nicole. He's very <laughs> protective of her. That's his baby girl. And I'm just like, oh and you know, she's yeah, I thought, yeah, that definitely was cute. Because, see, I don't trust none of them. So, I feel like it's brave for him to even be like, oh, well, I'll meet Serena. Because I just knew something mm-hmm. was going like, to go down. Because I was like, I, I don't trust none of them. It, it turned out for the best. Um, They kind of have a little standoff. So, Serena approaches. Tuello excuses himself. Um, Luke's like, yeah, you could, you know, you don't have to stay. You know, I could talk to her on my own. And uh, Serena kind of reaches out her hands to shake his hand. And he's like, mm. and then she's like, oh, blessed day. Or whatever she says to him. And he's like. <laughs> F you. <laughs> and I, I was like, Luke is holding, is not holding back. Yeah. He, you know, he's like, I don't, I don't know what you think you're doing. I'm sticking your head out here, but you oh, better pull it back quick. Time for you. And, you know, she, she thanks him. And he's like, let's get one thing clear. I did this for my wife. I didn't do this for you. Um, And then he kind of softens up a little bit. He lets Serena sit down. He, you know, he's holding Nicole. And, you know, she's like, oh, she's gotten so big. You know, has she eaten salads yet? And he's like, well, she's not a fan of peas. <laughs> she's not a fan of the peas. And then he cuts to the chase. He's like, is my wife safe? Like, is she okay? And Serena um, reassures him that she's safe. She's been reassigned. And Luke's like, that's a goddamn lie. That's a lie. Yeah, he's like, yeah, Don't he's lie. like, stop lying. Like, that's a lie, Craig. Um, and, you know, he's like, you know, I want a name. And this is a little dangerous on Serena's part, but she tells him, okay, she's been assigned to Joseph Lawrence. Um, And then he asks her, like, what do you want out of this? Like, why are you here? And she kind of spits back the same line that she gave to June. I want to be something to her. And Luke, once again, sets her straight. He was like, she's going to know the truth. She's going to know what her mother went through to escape, to get her here. Um, the fact that her mom's still fighting to get back to her. That's what she's going to learn. And she's going to know what, you know, how your husband came into play. Um, because at this point, Luke's under the impression that Nicole is as a result of, of essentially the ceremonial rape of June. So he's under the impression that um, yeah. Nicole is Fred's daughter. Um, and then, you know, Serena just says, you know what? 
I just want you to know she was my miracle. Um, cause you know, looks like, no, she's, she's never going to be anything to you. Like he's very upset. And she tells her, like, he, she tells him, you know, she, she says, you know, she was my miracle and I let her go and, you know, let her make that decision. Just give her this. So she kind of sighs over the box with the necklace. Looks like I'm not giving her that. And she's like, just let Nicole make her decision. And then she kind of gives him a veiled threat. Like you need to understand that I'm protecting your wife. And looks like, excuse me, what'd you just say to me? Yeah, he was he was done after that. I was like, yeah, she don't exactly have a way with no, words right now. Tough. But then he <laughs> thinks better of it because at the end of the day, like Serena does have a point. You know, I am protecting your wife, so he, he's like, all right, I'll take it. So he takes the pendant, um, and he leaves. Um, but you know, he does allow Serena to hold Nicole and say goodbye to her. So you know, Serena has this like, oh, I, you know, in any other world, it'd be nice to see a mother holding her adoptive child. But to me, it just just creeps me out. Like it's. That's what I'm saying. I can't get with the fact that they don't understand. I mean, I get she was hurt. I get that was the whole fo- point of doing this, but it's not. Your, it's baby. technically yeah, not your baby. Like, yeah. yeah, I can't. I just can't get over that fact. That I keep trying. I'm like, maybe I just need to step into what they're trying to prove into the society. But it's not your baby. I just can't get over that. I'm. I don't understand how that's. Oh, you know how they make that a law? Yeah, I mean, like it's how it's okay? But it's a weird form of adoption. <laughs> um. Right, and June technically wasn't a willing like if you were to think of her in terms of like a surrogate, right, exactly. she wasn't a willing surrogate. You know, yeah, she didn't have any choice. Know, based off the society, convinced herself this is her child, um, and it's just weird to me. But I mean, to a degree, I get it because Serena, Serena's fertility was not affected by this outbreak, um, this environmental outbreak. Her fertility was affected by the fact that she got shot, essentially, in her stomach. And as a result, could not carry a child. Like, I think she had, like, a whole hysterectomy. So she can't carry children. So I'm, she's right. essentially obsessed with having a child. She's obsessed with Nicole. Um, I do know she loves Nicole, but I'm, it's definitely not healthy, in my opinion. Um, it, yes, yeah, yeah, it's definitely not healthy, yeah. Um, you know, she, I'm not sure if her love for Nicole is really her love for the child or if it's just for just the fact that she wants to be a mother. It's like the status, you know, to say I have a child, like almost like a little doll. Like, do you really love Nicole or or do you just want to have a baby? Like, what fun is it? Right, right. And I think that's one of my, like, because we'll get to it more at the end, but I think that's one of my issues with her, where I'm trying, I was Mm -hmm. trying to be like in the middle where I was like, okay, sometimes I'm good. You like, like you said, I get you. She's like back and forth, but that's where I can't get with her at because I just don't like the obsession to me is just not healthy. Like she can't can't pass pass the obsession. Um, and like the one time that she kind of saw past it is when she allowed June to take to take Nicole to send her to Canada. But obviously, you know that obsession has kicked right back in, and she's <laughs> regretting that right. decision. So, um, so Tuelo once yep. again offers her the opportunity to stay in Canada. Like you don't have to change your clothes. The offer still on the table. Um, and Serena tells him, like you know, Gilead is home. And he's like, yeah, I know how you feel. I used to, you know, I used to live in Atlanta. <laughs> and then she's like, well, I hope you can go back one day. Like, girl, bye. So, yeah, I'm like, why right now? I'm just sitting at the, t- I'm just looking at the TV, like rolling my eyes. I'm like, real. is she serious um, right now? So she goes back into the change room. And this is when she breaks down, and you see her crying, and then you see the empty packet that had, you know, that had June's message in it. Um, so, so we later learned that. Serena passed on something from June to Luke when she also gave gave him the pendant meant for Nicole. Um, 
So then that's when they kind of start intercutting scenes between Serena on the plane and the, the Lawrences in their home. They play Cool to Be Kind, which I love that song. Um, and you see, <laughs> you see, oh, and yeah, I like this quiet scene between the Miss, Mr., Mrs., Mrs. Lawrence and Joseph. They're sitting on the couch and they're kind of, you know, having a quiet, sweet, romantic moment and they're dancing along to Cool to Be Kind. So I like that. Um, yeah, I was like, oh, we get to see them be like, you know, somewhat normal. Like one of them is not like <laughs> panicking, trying to run away, and yeah, you know, a monster. Um, and then so Serena returns <laughs> back to Fred. She gets off the plane. She hugs him. He's like, how was it? And you know, Serena says she's perfect. Um, and she just wants it to be over, or it's over now. Can I ask you? I do have a question for you on this scene because uh-huh. I didn't do my second rewatch. Okay, when she was on the plane, she looked down into her bag. Was there like uh, some kind of walkie-talkie or something in no, there, or something it like? It was basically or, so the okay that Rita gave um, Serena had the tape that we'll talk about had the tape from June, and there was like a note. So she basically had the note, like the package and the note saved in her Oh, okay, okay, okay. Um, I don't know why she wouldn't have gotten rid of that in Canada, but maybe she forgot. I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, because that's what confused me, because I was like, was this something that she wasn't planning on? Like, I don't know, just the way the scene played out, like her facial expression, I was like, maybe it was something I missed yeah, in the earlier yeah, no, scene or something? Yeah, paper, and, and basically, it kind of, I think it was a way to tell the audience that Serena had done the favor for June. Um, so yeah, like, in context, oh, okay. it didn't make okay, sense okay. to keep that piece of paper or that packaging in her purse on her way back to Gilead. But I think it was a way for the audience to see that she she did the job. Um, right. Yeah. Gotcha. So, okay. Gotcha. Um, gotcha. So she's talking to Fred and she said, like, you know, it's over. And Fred said, it doesn't have to be. And they're just like, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. I was like, just cut it. So I didn't even want to know what came next. I just I'm wanted done. him to just cut it right uh, there. <laughs> so we're, we find ourselves back <laughs> in fishing loaves. And um, so June and of Matthew are shopping. Of, and of Matthew's really snappy with June. Um, she's like, what do you want? And June's like, I was just checking on you. So we learn that of Matthew is pregnant <laughs> again. Um, she's really no. out of court. She's not herself. Um, she's kind of like in a in a haze. She's kind of in this fog. Um, and she tells June she's, you know, she's missed her period. Um, she's pregnant again. And she hasn't had a chance to tell her commander. Not that I think she wants to. I don't think she wants to tell him. Yeah, because she looks like in her face, like she's getting, yeah, you know, she's like getting tired down. of it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, that's what her face, yeah. Like, she's just right, like, how many times am I going to go through I this? I can imagine having four kids and having to give each, every one of them up. So, um, yeah. And then isn't she like in close proximity no, the to the kids, too? From the okay, they said they all removed. Okay, okay. She's having these kids, she's giving them up, she's being reassigned, she's having the kids, she's giving, you know, it's, it's, it's a cycle. Um, and it's wearing down on her finally. You could see it on her face. She's tired. She doesn't want to have another kid. You know, this this act of being blessed and being able to be this fertile goddess to give children away to these, you know, deserving commanders. She's over you could tell she's over it. Uh, I'm done. Yeah, so, she's like, Yeah, I'm done. She, she does kind of have a, a, a moment of kindness and she tells, you know, she tells June, like, I'm glad that your husband and your daughter are safe. Um, and then, you know, it looks like they're about to say something else to each other. And I don't know if they're eyes or guardians, but they come in and they get June. They, 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 they said they need to talk to her. They take her out. They put her in a van. Now, 
in my experience of watching the show, anytime June is put in the back of a van like that, it's never a good thing. <laughs> get ready. Yeah, it's never like, I was like, I hate that van. Like, I just feel like anybody in a van is just never good. Like, every time I see that van, I just panic a little bit. Like, yeah, a little bit inside, I'm like, something's like, not oh right. Oh my God, they're going to execute her. What are they about to do to June? Uh, I know, I was like, wait, we ain't even got to the next episode so yet. Now I'm sitting We don't ahead. even know in that moment <laughs> what's going to happen in June. We cut to um, Luke. So we see, like, the shot of snow and someone walking across the snow. And it's Luke. He actually went and bought a cassette player, a Walkman, to listen to the tape. So we he plays the tape, and we hear music. And he's like, okay. And then we hear June's voice. Now, this is the scene that I said I enjoyed because it is a reference to the books. So we talked about how season one of The Handmaid's Tale is the the first book, The Handmaid's Tale. Um, In the book, it ends with June being put into the back of the van and it cuts. That's it. We don't know what happened to her. The show obviously touches on that in season two. Now, at the end of book one, because there is a sequel coming out this year, and it's been like 30 plus years in the making. But at the end of book one, mm-hmm, Ooh, at the end of book one, there's kind of a prologue. Um, and it's, the prologue is from the viewpoint of scientists, or uh, I wouldn't even say scientists, intellectuals. Um, they're at a conference and they're discussing the fall of Gilead. Um, and they're playing these tapes. Now the structure of The Handmaid's Tale is being told from the viewpoint of June, but in this book, she doesn't have a name. She's just Ofred, Ofred. And um, I didn't actually read a physical copy of the book. I actually listened to the audio book. And the audio book, um, it does a cute, a cool mm-hmm. thing, kind of like with this um, scene, where it plays a snippet of music. And then you hear uh, June talking or uh, Fred talking. So these intellectuals at this conference, they're talking about the fall of Gilead. They are actually playing June's tape. So June's story is told through these tapes um, and it's called The Handmaid's Tale. Um, And so we know that June or a Fred may have survived because her tapes survived um, and they stopped. Yeah, that's what, yeah. I'm wondering if they're trying to give a little hint, like, hey, this is what you've been hearing. Into, you know, the vein of the eyes. So a lot of people before the series came out drew from that, that, you know, a Fred survived. She took the tapes with her and she was able, or, or she actually recorded the tapes after she got put in the back of that van. And, um, you know, Nick is a, probably a double agent and he got her, got her out of Gilead and he helped in her escape. And then she later went and recorded these tapes and um, in like a safe house somewhere. Uh, and the reason why she did the music was to kind of, if anyone wanted to listen in on them, they would just think it was a music tape. They wouldn't know that it's, you know, her basically giving all the inner workings of Gilead over tape. Um, so I say all this to say that the tape that Luke was listening to um, is kind of a reference to the books. Now, I don't know if they're going to continue this narrative because she's at the Lawrence's home. She has access to their basement and their music. She can make these tapes. Um, so it's very possible that Luke did listen to the whole thing that she is going to tell her tale. Um, and so the tape, plays and you know june says like hey it's me you know everything that i wanted to tell you over the phone i couldn't tell you but i'm going to tell it to you now there's some things that you need to know and she's like i want you to know that um nicole her real name is holly and i want you to know that i love you and i miss you and i think about you all the time 
but I had to make a life for myself, a life of sorts. And Nicole was made out of love. And, you know, I'm kind of ashamed to tell you this, but she was made out of love. Her father is Nick. He, he was a driver. You actually met him. They did meet last season in a bar. Um, so, you know, so she, this is where Luke gets a revelation that Nicole was not born of bread. Um, she was born from essentially an affair that June had with Nick and it was a loving one. Um, and I feel like that to him might be a small comfort knowing that Nicole isn't the product of rape. Um, right. And also secretly would have, would have wanted to know what he would have thought of Nick right. if he would have known his information yeah. when he met Nick. Yeah, I would have been curious like, to see like that interaction. Like, they had a very brief interaction. I, I'm, I'm not sure. I, I believe Nick might have bought him a drink, and you know they talked about how he was Waterford's driver. Um, and uh, Nick did say, you know, June safe. Um, so you know, what the little of Luke, the little of what Luke saw of Nick was good. Um, so you know, she you know, right. goes on to tell him, like, I want you to make a life for yourself. Um, you know. I'm doing everything I can to get back to Hannah. This is why I'm here is to get Hannah and I'm doing everything that I can. Um, and this is all for her. And she tells her, tells him like, I love you. And that's, you know, the end of the scene. We see Luke breaking down. Um, it's like a love letter from your wife, you know? So. Yeah. And I like how she kind of like you touched on a little bit too, how she's just like, it's okay for you to live your life too. You know, she's not expecting him to like, because, you right. know, in this kind of situation, it's like, well, what can you do? Like, you think, like, as viewers, we're like, well, she might get out, but it's Gilead. So you feel for him just like waiting around, you know, trying to figure out what's happening. Because it's like, there's no way he's getting in, you know, from what I've seen so far, where he would be actually able to do yeah. anything. Because yeah. you got so Canada and you got to Gilead. Him is something that I'm sure he's going to always love and cherish if he never sees June again. Um, and just to have the comfort to know that June's doing what she can to ensure Hannah's safety. Um, and then, like I said, just have the relief of knowing right. that Nicole was made out of love. So all good things. <laughs> all good things. Um, so we actually finally figure out what's going on with June. Um, you know, she's in this dark van. She doesn't know where she's going. And the door gets opened up. And it's a cheerful Aunt Lydia. She's like, that's a day, dear. Like, I'm just like, oh. That right there just scared me. Like, I didn't even need anything else. That right there, I knew something was wrong. Like, anytime she's that happy, something is wrong. Like, something is about to torture you. Like, yeah, like, whatever she's that happy. Dressing room, she's like, oh, lucky girl. And she pulls out this, like, traditional um, handmade dress. Um, I guess what they would wear for state visits, things like that. So, you know, to make a good impression. Because usually they walking around in these red sweaters and these long red skirts. Or they, they have, like, this... um less formal red dress with like a scoop neck but this one has like a little like what do you call it like right scarf thingy i don't know what it is but it's a more formal yeah i'll try to figure out what to call it too but yes it's definitely like it's definitely like some kind of upgrade yeah it's like some kind of yeah than the other one which by the way why do they always have to change so you know so much in the show i always feel like it's so like why do I, like, I can see the look on her face is like, well, why do I have to take my clothes off right now? You know, like, they always have, like, some kind of weird changing she's, scene she's or something. She's a freaking prop. <laughs> like, 
you know, they're just like, oh, I need you to put this on. I need you to do your hair like this. Oh, and let me tell you what you need to eat today. It's just like, I I can't take those things. Those are the worst. They are essentially properties. So they dress them up like little dolls like they want to. They tell them what to eat, tell them what to do. So she has no say in this. Um, so Aunt Lydia's like, oh, a lucky girl. And she, you know, puts her into this, you know, more traditional, formal handmade <laughs> dress. And she's put on, she's pushed onto this stage with these bright lights. Um, it's like a formal living room setting, kind of like a representation of the Waterford home before it got burned to the ground. And Serena and Fred are sitting on the couch. And uh, June is meant to stand behind them, like a submissive handmaid. And Aunt Lydia tells her, like, put your head down, posture. Don't try anything funny. There will be consequences. And she steps to the side. And then the camera rolls. And we see the Waterfords essentially having a press conference. Um, They are pleading with the Canadian government for the safe return of Nicole. And we see um, it being broadcasted everywhere uh, to the point that, uh, you know, Moira runs into their apartment and tells Luke, like, hey, you got to watch this. And they see, you know, this essentially this propaganda of the Waterfords, you know, trying to be this, you know, sad, grieving family at the loss of their kidnapped child. And they just ask for a safe return. Like we've seen these press conferences and, you know, I've had to ask you, um, so you are in news, like you work in news, like you see stuff like this all the time, right? Yeah. It's just, yeah. And it's more of, I don't know, this is actually like, you know, like the weird tip, like this is more of like, you know, after the crime or something already happened, you have like their thoughts or inner thoughts, like the crime, you know, it was kind of, to me, it kind of reminded me of like, you know, when somebody's like trapped, like you have a lot of that overseas stuff going on and you can kind of see like what they were going through, you know, some of their experiences, you know, stuff that they don't readily just put right out in front of you or stuff might be censored a little bit. Yeah, it was a propaganda. You know, as far as that kind of stuff. Yeah. To me, like, in a normal world, this would have been a tape of a child that actually was kidnapped. And the parents are pleading for her, you know, release, pleading for her safety. But in this case, this is a child that was made in this regime that would be oppressed as a woman anyway. She was, you know, take, taken away by her mother, right. by a trusted friend, escaped to Canada, and is now with her husband. Um, so, so like them pleading for her, for her back is not a good look anyway. So it's just, it's just like. Yeah, it's just like the way, yeah, and you usually have a little bit more, I want to say you yeah, have more emotion than they have too when you see these videos. Or if you have the press conference, sometimes the yeah. parent won't even speak because they're so yeah. like, I can't take this right now. Yeah, and the fact that they turn this into yeah. some like little weird Gilead, you know, commercial thing or something, it's just like, okay, come on, yes, we need do. you guys it, like in Canada like, to see through this. And they're presenting like, like June's on board with this. Um, so like to me, um, it's propaganda. And I honestly don't think it's just for Nicole's return. I think Fred is leveraging this for something else. Like, yeah, he wants Nicole back. But if you think about it, he was never really a father to Nicole. He's using this to get ahead. Yeah. Right. He ain't worried about Nicole. Yeah, he's not worried about Nicole. But see, when Serena, when they hugged and he said that doesn't have to be it, I wanted Serena because I now see, I know you only have certain, you know, obligations. You right. have, have certain obligations, only much so much you can do. But she could have been like, you know, no, I'm good. That's good enough for me. Like she burned down the whole house and she's still living to talk about it. You know what I mean? So I felt like she could have been like, 
no, I'm, you know, I'm good. I'll deal with it in my own way because she had to know what he was trying to do. Cause ain't, like you said, there's no way he cared about, he doesn't care about Nicole, like where she's coming from on her, her perspective. Right. He's trying to figure out what his next move yeah, is, how, like how he's going to figure out, you know, do um, the next thing. So clearly Jude is not on board with this, even though they're portraying it as such. And you see her balling up her fist. Like she was giving me Arthur fist <laughs> in that moment, like Arthur's angry fist. And yeah. <laughs> Yeah, she. Oh, she was so pissed. Like the look on her, I was like, "That is the moment right there. That is the camera moment right there." Her, she was so mad. I was like, "Boy, (laughs) if she don't turn up in these next episodes, I'm gonna think something wrong." Because she just looked like she was out of body, angry, and that look. So, um, cut to black. That was end of the episode. Um, clearly, Serena has gone back on her word. She, you know, no longer wants Nicole in Canada. She wants her baby back. So, you know. Yeah, and I was going to ask, okay, as a mom, because I'm not a mom, I just know, like, you know, I'm just going off, like, what my mom would have did or what I, you know, people I know, like my friends. Okay, Serena, okay, to me, Serena, I know she's caught up in what, I know she wants a baby, and I can't imagine how that feels for her not to be able to have a baby. But to me, to bring Nicole back to this society, to this society makes her, to me, not as good a mom as she thinks. Like, that's why I can see where June's perspective is. Like, I can always kind of rock with June because she's right. always had this force of like, I'm going to get my daughters out of here. Because when you come right. back to Gilead, as you know, as a woman, you don't have a choice. So I feel like that's very selfish Absolutely. of her to bring Nicole back where she has no choice of anything. Just because she, you know, just because she is just like, you know, like you were saying earlier, she's just fixated on having a baby, which I get, you know, I don't know. I can't imagine how that feels, which I get. But I feel like there's other ways, not like we want to see her torture somebody else in a society, but I feel like there's other ways in this society without you going Um, after Nicole constantly. You know, Serena, I agree with you. Serena's being selfish um, because if she really cared for Nicole, she would have let her go and she would have left her in Canada. She's doing all these maneuvers because she's selfish and she's thinking of herself and she's so focused on being a mother and having that child back in her arms versus what's really best for her. Um, So yeah, Serena isn't, isn't being a mother as she should be because the last episode or two can't remember i think it might have been episode three um june told her only a mother could do what you did like only a mother could let her child go like that and serena's basically uh going off of impulse going off of her desires and not what's best for nicole so i totally get that which is weird because she's not even nicole's mom um Right. Like you could go back, yeah, you could go back to that point. And for all the grief that we give June, like June got her issues. I get that. You know, you could take you could bring up her past and she got some issues with it. But she has always yeah. said, Okay, I want my daughters out of here. You know, no matter you know, reason she didn't get into the car, like everything leads up to, you know, she has get hand out, she got Nicole out. It right. was always a goal, like I can't let them be here. You know, which is something that I can always under, you know, which is something where I can always just see her vision, even though we know she's going to do something, she's going to put her foot in yeah, the mouth yeah. and it she might not is, work out. She wants it to work. Like she had a moment, like I said, you know, I mean, we've all been there where instead of taking my kid to the doctor, I gave her some Tylenol so I could go to work because I couldn't afford to take another sick day. Like I, we've all been there where we've done selfish things instead of actually doing what we're supposed to do for our kids. But overall, June's a good mother. She loves her daughter and her daughter's. And she's doing whatever she can to ensure their safety. So as of now, Nicole is safe. Next step is Hannah. So it would be nice if Serena would just do what she said she would originally do and leave Nicole where she is. Um, And I'm not sure if outside of seeing Nicole, if even knowing that she was with Luke is what threw her off. But Serena needs to let this go. 
but we know Serena. She's not. Um, oh yeah, she definitely ain't letting it go. Yeah, which is my problem with her. Which is why I'm trying. I'm trying to get past it because I understand she is that flip flop mm-hmm. because she had she has had her boss moments that you wouldn't expect from her. But I just yeah. I can't get over the fact that that's the way she wants to be a parent. Like I can't get over the fact that you would drag <laughs> like you know like you got your pinky cut off. And you, you know, you were reading like a page of the Bible. Like she has yeah. no choice if she comes back to Gilead. No choice. Like no saying nothing she does. You know, and the fact that she is free right now. So, that, you know, you know, however they, cho- however their, go- their government is lined up in Canada and you're going to take that away to me is just like, I'm mm-hmm. like, I can't see. I'm trying to see past that in the next episodes to come because I'm not caught yeah. up yet. But yeah, I'm like, this, um, that's just so crazy to me. I hope at the end of the season, maybe she sees the light, but I feel like she's going to take this all the way. And Fred has that little twinkle in his eye. (laughs) Oh, God, that twinkle. I hate that twinkle. I hate the twinkle. And so I don't see them giving up on Nicole. Uh, Oh, yeah, they ain't giving up. It's about to get real. It's about to get real crazy real quick. Looking forward to discussing next week's episode. They are going to be in my, well, it's not my city, but I love going there. They're going to be in D.C. I'm in D.C. like once a month at least. Uh, So it's going to be interesting to see it because they still, you know, think about the history of Gilead. The first move that they did was to take out the cabinet, take out the president, blow stuff up. Um, so yeah, so we will see how um the Waterfords navigate this uh plea for the return of Nicole. Um, you know, like I said, next week should be interesting because we will be in DC. Um, we'll see basically um Gilead and its ultimate power structure. Um, just from the previews alone, we see that um the handmaids look a little different a little scary Um, it's a little bit more a little scarier you know everything seems a little bit more rigid here um we thought you know boston or massachusetts was bad uh wait till you get to dc yeah i I see the twitter lighting up a couple days when the episode first dropped and i was like oh man yeah and i was actually um i'm in a group on Facebook, it's not related to The Handmaid's Tale, but um, it's actually related to Insecure. But during the off season, we talk about whatever. Uh-huh. Um, and <laughs> and I noticed um, w- one of the group members was actually an extra. Oh wow! In DC, yeah. yeah. So Man, when they had the hand- <laughs> right, so they had all the handmaids in red, and I'm not sure that it's going to be in this episode. It'll probably be in the next. I'm not sure, but all the handmaids are in red. Um, and you see the Washington Monument. They turned it into this cross, and these handmaids are all lined up for probably this big propaganda video. Um, and so she kind of shared a picture of her as an extra on set, and I was like, oh, it's so cool. So yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah, that'd be cool. Something to talk about and share. That'd be cool. Yeah, I, I think that's yeah, like cool, I'm just right? thinking like. Oh man, just the Washington of it all. That's gotta be intense. I if I had to be a handmade to sleep me in Gilead, okay? It can't be I you would think it can't get any worse, but I just kinda feel it. I'm like, I just yeah. don't wanna just, just, just leave me in Boston. Yeah. I, I don't wanna go to DC. Leave me alone. Yeah, um yeah, mm-hmm. so we'll talk about that next week. But let's get into our question. Um, so we talked about our question for from last week was if you were in Gilead, how would you escape? So, Ryan, you tell me your escape plan. Um, Let me see. I was going on the June level where I would try uh-huh. to get, like, I, except for I would be, a, I want to be a little bit more invisible than she is. Like, I don't know if I would, okay. like, I, I would try to ear hustle, 
but I don't want to be like so. I don't want my moves to be like so out there. I feel like after she ear hustles, she don't she don't do the right thing with information. Like I feel like she goes yeah. too like you know too hardcore, and it's like you gotta you gotta fill it out. You know, like Lawrence said, you okay. know, and he didn't even know. Like he just read all over your face. Like you know, you gotta fill it out a little bit more. Okay, all right, that's fair enough. Um, I would definitely um take. Not maybe not the June route, but a covert route. You mm-hmm. know, I would probably ingrain myself with the other Martha. Oh, yeah, that's good. Yeah, the Martha's know um, some things. You know, know some things, right? You know, get part of a network, even make myself useful just so that they would consider me a good candidate to help me escape. Yeah, so that's, so that's yeah, how I would that's do good. it. That's smart. That's smart. Yeah. <laughs> um, so we do have some um some Twitter responses. So um Ruin, I'm sorry if I'm mispronouncing your name. Um Ruin or Rowan D. E. Robinson at Rowan Robinson says, I would still wait in the cargo hold of one of the planes leaving the country with a diplomatic envoy. Oh. Okay, fancy. Yeah. Yes. There All you right. Go. Get, so, get a little CIA and Gilead in there. Yeah, it's trying to get Tuello on his side. <laughs> oh, and maybe I would do you know what that reminds me if I ever got the opportunity to speak with a diplomat visiting Gilead um and he offered me a deal like hey I can help you get out of here I just need you to talk man I'm taking it yes like without hesitation like, you supposed to be you'll be on the island hitting away you'll be all right yes I will I want a Masande of Noth that thing out so <laughs> So that's what I would do. Um, now I'm trying to think of a question for next week. We can still keep this question going. Um, or, you know, I'll, I'll just look at the tweets and see what people's responses are. But let me think of a question related to this episode. Okay. If you were Luke, would you have allowed Serena to meet Nicole or to see Nicole again? Is that something you would do? Hmm. And we'll talk about that next week. Yeah, that's a good so question. You're easy- so you thinking about it i'm probably on the fence i'm not sure maybe if i you know heard my husband or wife plead to be like please you know i need you to do this for me to keep me safe i'd do it but like petty me would be like no yeah she's not about to come see this baby (laughs) so yeah i I agree with that yeah i would have went because i was my first instinct when you first asked it though i had to think about it though but the first instinct was going to be no because I just, like I said before, mm-hmm. I just don't trust any of them. But you right. brought up a good point. If I don't know, like, if my significant other is on the other side, I don't know what they're facing. Like, if I do say right. no and I just hang up, does that mean she's dead? You know, like, you don't know what's okay. on the other side. So I feel like that's what kind of pulled him. But he showed play that once he got her in the sights. Like, he was like, okay, yeah. y'all made me do this, but it's not going to be, like, no little easy breeze. Like, we're not going to be, like you know hugging it out and that like that yeah <laughs> keep keying over the baby yeah. no <laughs> yeah i love i love the way he played that yeah that was great yeah luke was a true mvp so yep get at us um you can at black girl nerds at bgn podcast you can um tweet us directly at melanin mommy 2816 or ryan is at november bear let us know what you think or even if you have reactions on this episode um predictions any anything that's on your mind about this show tweet at us and we will feature it on our next episode um so it was a pleasure speaking with you guys breaking down this episode praise be we will see you guys next week Bye. bye the black girl nerds podcast is produced by jamie broadnax The opening theme song to our show is written and performed by Samus. Various instrumentals are performed by Samus, Sky Blue, and Shubzilla. 
You can find various episodes of the Black Girl Nerds podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, Audioboom, Google Play Music, and Spotify.